This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Vet Candy's podcast in other news, a podcast to expand your idea of what is impacting the veterinary world, veterinarians, and all animal care professionals as humans. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Jen and Dr. Jason Chatfield. If you are not yet a Vet Candy subscriber, why not? Please subscribe for free today at myvetcandy.com. You can also reach us at Jen at myvetcandy.com or Jason at myvetcandy.com. Okay, news hounds. In the Candyverse today, our topic today is COVID-19. In other news, as promised, yet another update on another angle that COVID-19 continues to affect the United States and the world and probably the universe as a whole. That's right. Especially the, can- the Candyverse is getting it hard, right? Like, Absolutely. What is it this, hard. like part four? Yes. I well, no, I just thought they were getting affected hard because this is a crazy situation where it's affecting a lot of people. But really, the animal industry in general is being, is being affected small business-wise. You know, Doc, tell me about this dog, all this kind of stuff. But we have a very unique topic today, I believe. We do. And it's one of those indirect manifestations of such an emergency, right? I think um, so. So have you, Jason, have you been out and out of the basement lately since this Twice COVID thing? Twice in the last month, I, I left the basement. Uh, did you? Yep, yep. Did you see people with masks on? I did. And it was driving me nuts. I thought I had to wear a mask. You know, I like to do what everybody else is doing. I thought I should go get a mask. What are we doing here? I don't know what's That's going right. on. You like to conform. I know. Yes. Well, also what we see um, in the news is that apparently uh, surgical masks, N95 masks, all kinds of masks. What's that one? What, N95? Yeah, what's that? Is that a big one with two little things on the side and all this other kind of weird things? Or no, that that's an APR. Okay, right. So. No, that's not it. So N95, it filters out. Well, you know what? I don't need to do all this. We, we have, have an expert. Yeah. <laughs> we have an expert coming on. And uh, so we are very lucky here in the Candyverse to have the most recent award winner for excellence in journalism. Dr. Courtney Campbell. Oh, wow. That was a tremendous introduction. I don't know if I could match that. Tremendous. <laughs> for that. Wow. That's but right. uh, the reality is I appreciate you bringing up that award, but you two should really be the ones that are getting an award for this topic because this is something, I'll be honest, I see it all over the place. I was just at a grocery store the other day and I saw people wearing masks and, and this topic came right to the forefront of my mind. I said, we need more people talking about it. So thanks for having me yeah. and thanks for talking about this topic. Well, and if people don't already know, not only are you an excellent journalist uh, whose passion is the human-animal bond, but you are a board-certified veterinary surgeon. Oh, well, listen, I, we try not to broadcast that only in certain situations, but you're right. It is, <laughs> it is helpful to have some surgical background when you're talking about like critical topics, like what you're about to talk about, which is- Wait, hold on. What, what situations don't warrant saying, hey, I'm double boarded and I'm very smart and I'm you know? just better than you? What's why no, I would no, say no. That all the time. That's Dr. Jennifer Chaffield. She is nope. definitely double boarded. I just have one single. One <laughs> oh, single. you're a single. Well, I'm a, I'm a, so we got a double, a single, and a non. That's me, yeah. right? I'm the zero, and, right? So we that's got all, all. That's all, all, right. all. That's all we need. That's all okay. we need. But it averages out to one each. Yes. Oh, go. good. I, I, I get one. Very good. <laughs> 
Okay, so all of that aside, you do have the creds to opine on this topic, Dr. Courtney. And so we appreciate you joining us on In Other News, uh, taking a break from Anything's Possible, your incredible podcast, and talking with us. Um, Which, by the way, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. It's fantastic. You guys are amazing. I appreciate it. So what's going on with the masks? Well, listen, here's the reality for what you brought up right in your intro is that People are walking around seeing people wearing this mask. And something that Jason brought up, which I think was really salient, is that panic begets panic, right? So if mm-hmm. people are panicking and they see people wearing masks, they're like, well, I should buy that. I mean, right. I was just at a, a grocery store. I, I'll try to refrain from mentioning the name. But it was a what I would call a, a wholesale type grocery store where you can get large bulk items. And I saw the line stretching so far that if you just wanted to buy one thing, you would have to sit in line for two and a half hours. So that tells me that the spirit right now is wow. I've got to get what the other person is getting. And if you're on the, right. in the airport or if you're walking around the sidewalk and you see somebody wearing a surgical mask, you immediately start thinking, wait, where's my surgical mask? Right. Should I be wearing yeah. it? Or do they know that I don't? Right, you know, exactly, exactly. It reminds me it reminds me of that funny picture. It has epic fail written across it and it's like a guy in like a Hawaiian shirt and like board shorts and he's looking at like some guys in moon suits digging in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, like laughing, like, Wait, hey, look at this. And it's like, if everybody's in a moon suit, what are you doing? <laughs> right. What am I missing? What am I yes. missing? Yes. And so, listen, I mean, and we've even, and what I think drives a lot of this, I don't want to use the word hysteria. Maybe that's a little bit too strong of a word. What I think drives a lot of that, that panic and concern is that mm-hmm. when you see celebrities, even on different oh. media outlets, like, yeah. like I saw, um, who did I see recently? Ah. Naomi Campbell, she had a sort of a hazmat suit on yeah. and a surgical mask. I saw Kate Hudson, Gwyneth yep. Paltrow. So one of them people... had a whole a whole suit in the airport, right? I don't yes. know. Who yeah, was. that was not that, that was, was your Naomi. girl, Naomi Campbell. Yeah. Oh, that right. was Naomi. Yeah, I don't know who yeah, it was. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> tell because she had so much stuff on. I didn't know who. No, no relation. No relation to Courtney Campbell. So <laughs> I think I think I think ultimately you guys are bringing up a really important topic. So how does that necessarily affect and I don't look at everything through the prism of veterinary medicine, but as the question does become, how does that affect healthcare professionals and yeah. people provide healthcare, specifically human healthcare providers and veterinary medical uh, healthcare providers? Yeah, supply chain issues come to for, mind, right? Like, are we going to run sure. out? And we are running out. Most deaf. And the thing is, I, I was looking at uh, production issues and the the main source of production for these surgical masks, at least for our vendors, when we're in the hospital, is actually mm-hmm. China. And China has kind of taken control over that production side. Now, to be clear, there's other countries that do produce that. But for our vendors and where we're getting the majority of our surgical masks, it was China, which it, it, once you have that only that single source, it really limits your availability. Fortunately, Right. We actually have enough surgical masks to do surgery and treat patients, which I'm super grateful for. It, the we that you're talking about is not a mouse in your pocket, right? It's your, your practice that you're at every day. Is that the yeah. we? Yeah, it's our surgical team, and okay. uh, they're fantastic. And th- listen, it's so, important to, <laughs> it's so important to streamline this stuff, man, because if you've got yeah. a bunch of people kind of controlling inventory, you don't know what's up, what's down, what's left, what's right. No. You don't know what's coming in. So fortunately, that one person that's in charge of that you know, said, hey, should we stock up? Should we be concerned about this? And then we took appropriate measures and we do actually have enough surgical masks to fit it. But I want to talk a little bit, Jen, about something and you and Jason brought up, which is, are these things even effective? You know what I mean? That's yeah, the challenge. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing because we know, so the surgical mask, it's largely ineffective at keeping you from, or preventing 
the uh, transmission of coronavirus because it doesn't filter it's not it doesn't filter things out at that level no doubt no doubt and jason i want to know if you feel this way too in that when you first put on a mask if you even have a little bit of a beard or any facial hair it itches and so you're constantly adjusting it you're constantly touching touching your face face. and what is the one thing they ask us not to do don't touch touch your face for sure but but i'll tell you the one thing it can do is like you know for us beard-free folks, um, it keeps yeah, us from- Yeah, let's t- talk about the beard-free folks. Yeah, right? We it, feel for you, sorry. It, it keeps <laughs> us from, from touching our face. I don't touch my face when I have a mask on. And so it does keep me from doing that. Okay, okay. Um, so you do think that there potentially is some benefit in just there, bringing awareness so that people stop mm-hmm. touching their face? A little bit, I do. I, I don't know. Um, I th- I th- also, Jen, I think you're used to wearing it. You know, these are people, we're talking about people right. that aren't used to having anything on their face and they go out there and they put it on because they see TV yeah. people do it and they got to do it. And you, okay, you can't fault them too much. You got to understand, they, they don't, you know. They're afraid. They're afraid. they're afraid. You understand where they're coming from, but they're absolutely, you watch it, just watch them for five minutes. They've adjusted their mask 17 times. And yeah. so, true. And so that, that's, that's true. the whole, that's the whole and point. Not, and furthermore, what, what we've been seeing, and, and we'll get back to the supply chain, but what we've been seeing is that people will not only adjust their face, uh, adjust their mask to their I face. I mean, I wish I could adjust my face. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I there are Whatever. so many adjustments I would Wait, make. Wait, but, but that does happen in Santa Barbara pretty often. Oh, shots fired, shots fired. So the thing is, as far as they adjust the mask on their face, the mask doesn't form a very tight seal. No. They, they may use that, that single-use mask multiple days in a row, which then could potentiate bacterial you know, contamination inside the mask or even yeast contamination from oh, the condensation of your breath. That so sounds you, nasty. So if you have a, let's say you have one of these surgical masks that doesn't really fit your face, that you touch constantly, that you're wearing multiple days in a row, I don't know, you actually may be putting, it may be more harmful than, That's no, true. than no surgical mask at all. That's true. And you know what? The other thing is, um, I'm going to use a big term I remember from surgery. Let's see if Dr. Courtney knows it, is that concept of strike through. Mm. That's right? Great, like the mask yeah. gets wet and whatever, then you may as well not have it on. Most definitely. And listen, these personal protective equipments are designed to be impermeable to fluids and things like that. But if they do get wet, of course, they can propagate mm-hmm. viral particles or bacterial particles within the mask. Mm-hmm. I was, so if people are listening to this and they're like, you know what, man, they do bring up a good point in that these masks are not effective, then which masks are effective? I think yeah. it's, uh, it's I, I'm curious to know your opinion, Jen, about N95 masks. So N95, <laughs> that's the other one that we're seeing in the news everywhere, right? And that means that right. it filters out 95% of the particulate matter. So it is a step above your regular generic surgical mask. Exactly. However, N95, and we actually call them a respirator. N95 They're respirator. Only, yeah. They're actually only effective when you've been fit tested for them. So what that means is there's this whole, this whole thing where you test. So you put a hood over your head, you have your N95 mask on, you put this big plastic hood. It kind of looks like a big capsule, like a dive helmet. And through a little hole in it, someone sprays either bitter spray. I don't like that one. Or, or like a citrus one, and then they tell you to do jumping jacks. Jumping jacks. Yeah, and and they tell you to move your head like to side to side or up and down for twenty times. So let me let me get this clear: not burpees, definitely not (laughs) mountain climbers. (laughs) 
<laughs> just just jump. That's the chosen exercise. Yes, right. that, that's what it is. Right. Or move your head side to side. And then if at any moment you taste the spray, because they're constantly spraying more in through the little hole in the hard plastic like thing yeah. over your head. If at any time that you taste it, you fail the fit test. So you have on the wrong size mask or you didn't get it to seal right. And you have to do that every time you put one on. And so I don't think people are doing that in their homes with an N95 before they go out and greet the world. I'm also not seeing a lot of those out there. I, I was wondering if they limited the, the sale of those to that you can still buy them. Because I'm seeing all the they all look the same. They, well, they have, look the same. They have, I actually have seen them uh, sold. And listen, I'm not taking sort of an elevated approach saying that I'm not affected by some of the concern out there. But, you know, because I have older parents, I get concerned about them too. And so mm -hmm. if I see people buying N95 masks, I say, wait, should I buy one for my parents? But the point that you brought up, Jen, as far as having them fit tested, I thought to the level of fit testing, it was to kind of place your hands around the mask pull in and if the mask kind of sucks to your face then it was fit tested now i hear that it's much more detailed process mm -hmm. as far as jumping jacks and spraying and i know my both my parents could do a fair amount of jumping jacks but i <laughs> i don't think they're doing that at home so now i'm thinking well shoot if i was to get an n95 mask there's actually protocols in place that you yep. just detailed as far as getting it fit tested Absolutely. And actually, that goes for any sort of respiratory protection for response that you're going to be uh, put in. You would be fit tested to make sure that it's sealed and make sure that it fit. And if you think about it, that makes sense because this is the same sort of thing that hazmat responders are going to use. And so it's got to really fit. The other thing is bearded fellas. You can't uh -oh. have facial hair and have that seal. You can't have any of it. You're going to have to shave it off. No Shave November doesn't show up with uh, respiratory protection. That's so, no good. It takes me at least six months to grow a beard and with, patches, with patches. So that would, <laughs> that would not be good. I don't know if I could shave it all away. That's right. You'd have to give it right up. So well, you're going to have to decide what's more important, your health or your beard. I don't really know. <laughs> good right. point. Good point. That's right. And so, but, but, but the good news is that you, you don't need an N95. We you don't, don't need we, yeah, that's not something that, that you should be walking around in the general public with because there's a way to mitigate that uh, respiratory exposure. So not so hold on. So we've just been forever talking about not only is everyone doing it wrong, they don't even need to do it at or they shouldn't do it at all. Let's let's reiterate that they don't need you're doing it wrong. Okay, You're probably doing it wrong and you don't need to do it. All right. No, I yes. think listen, I think you should be doing well, yeah, that's, that's true. I'm curious, what, in your opinion, Dr. Jen, what should we be doing? So, Dr. Jason, have you noticed how Dr. Courtney Campbell came on our podcast and is now interviewing us? Yes, but no, 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 no. Listen, what you know I'm a, student. I'm a student. I, I'm a student to the game at all times. I love having you guys on. But I will say this. I will say this. <laughs> he what, said he loved having us on. He loved having us on podcast. our podcast. Listen, yeah, but, I think it's great. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fire away, Dr. Courtney. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. I think the, the three points you guys brought up. Number one, these surgical masks everybody's walking around with probably do very little. Let's yeah. be honest, all right? Number two, if you do choose to get an N95 mask, you probably should get it fit tested in the ways that Dr. Jen just detailed. And number three, you're about to drop number three on us on what should we be doing rather than wearing N95 or surgical masks. That actually might work. Thank, thank you so much for driving us back to the topic at hand, <laughs> Dr. Campbell. <laughs> yes, social distancing. 
Okay. Social distancing, the number one way to mitigate your risk for um, oh, uh, respiratory disease. I'm, so that means uh, I'm pretty infection. safe in the basement. I'm distanced. <laughs> I'm very socially distant. I'm, I'm pretty safe. Yeah. However, okay. I have no guys- friends, so it works out for me. Really Perfect. Well. We're good. Yes. Yep. But done. We can have we can have our beard game. We're there good. you go. No mask, keep right. your beard, social distancing. So on that note, we're gonna take a quick break. And on the other side, we're gonna talk a little bit more about supply chain impact. And we're gonna play a little game with Dr. Courtney Campbell. So let us pay some bills and we'll see you guys on the other side. That candy makes your life easier with scientific news, clinical updates, and expert lifestyle tips. Sign up for free at MyFatCandy.com and start making your life sweeter. Oh, sure. It's all fun and games until someone ends up in a cone. That's right. We're animals. Deal with it. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Here we are. We're chatting with a board-certified veterinary surgeon and excellence in journalism award winner, Dr. Courtney Campbell, and talking about... Oh, and I'm sorry. It'd be a shame if we didn't mention his podcast, Anything Possible. Uh, well, well, and that's possible. Possible. It's a very cute play on words. I love it. It's very cute. So we're talking about, about surgical masks and what are we supposed to do with this? So, so I know that, um, Dr. Campbell, you said that you guys have a rock star of an inventory manager and that they need a raise because they made sure to stock up on uh, surgical masks for you guys in your surgical practice, vet surge, inventura. But what if I do my own inventory and supply and oops, I dropped the ball. Yeah, as, as, most, as most clinics do. I mean, I think that's great that you guys did that. And, and I was surprised to hear there might actually be a problem. But then, but then I go outside and I guess I could see that with everybody wearing these masks inappropriately, wrongly, and you know, just, just taking away the inventory. So it, I guess I have two questions. Sorry to steal the thing. Is, is there actually a problem? And if there is, what can the regular, the normal spinal practice do about it? Are there, are there steps to mitigate this issue? Well, the bottom line for me is just the, the answer to the first question right off the bat. Fortunately for our practice, we're not seeing a problem with that just because of our current inventories. But that doesn't mean it won't change later. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we couldn't potentially have a problem if there was damage to our stock or things like that. And so, and, and in addition to that, the supply chain uh, has started to become regulated. So they're saying, hey, listen, we're only going to send 10 boxes here or five <laughs> boxes there, or 20 boxes there. Ah, so there's a variety of things good. that could be happening to us in the future. And so the idea of what to do in the cases of a shortage, what to do in the cases of a crisis, I think are really relevant and germane concerns, particularly in veterinary healthcare settings. So for us, it's not a problem. But in the for other people who are having a problem, one thing that I certainly have seen recommended is to go back to something that you two had mentioned earlier, which is emphasizing other protective measures. So if you have to use a surgical mask more than once, go ahead, use it twice or three times but prioritize hand hygiene above anything else. Make sure you're washing your hands. Make sure you're preventing transmission through, through contact through your hands above surgical masks. And then two, if you see, let's say, your personal protective equipment like gowns or things like that past the expiration date, it's okay to use them past because you're experiencing a crisis or a shortage at that time. So I have a question about that. So does it matter what procedures I'm doing? For me, I would definitely say in... There's 
two answers in my mind for that question. Number one, give us you the could, best one. The, well, there's it's actually dichotomous, and they're both equal. they're both equal. So we can't, equal. Everybody's equal. No, no winner. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. That's the okay. way you know. You know how that's the way I get down. So I would say that. <laughs> I would say that number one, does it matter which procedures you're doing? There's been strong considerations to start to taper back or curtail a lot of uh, elective procedures. So yeah. that's been, Wait. there's been some considerations regards they, to they that. Want to, they want to stop elective procedures because of the possible shortage of some of this protective equipment. Wow. That's a big, that's, that's, they even well, discussed that means there's they, a potential for a big issue there, right? Yeah, they certainly haven't. I, they haven't enacted that measure at my point. No, but they're, or, or, sorry, but they're certainly discussing that because if I have to prioritize, which sure. I think Dr. Jen was, was alluding to, if you have to prioritize procedures or conditions in which there's a huge aerosolized or droplet component right. to it and things, quote unquote, just get messy then I would kind of prioritize certainly those surgical masks above. Hey, hey who, told you about, who told you about my surgeries? Right. Who told you about those? Oh, my gosh. That's yeah, the okay, but wait. So actually what I was getting at was even uh, more like black and white, which is if I'm going to have to reuse the same mask, right. I would prioritize for that day. If I had one mask for the day and I had three surgeries, I would do first the surgery when I first use the mask that goes into a body cavity, right? Okay. And then next, I might do like the mass removal, right? The simple sub-Q mass removal or something like that. And then I might do uh, the dental procedure, right? Or a laceration repair or something like this. Because then I'm going from the one that's most invasive where my mask is fresh and new to least invasive, right? And, and messiest with the dental. Yeah, I suppose. And, and listen, you know, there's some parallels to those categories that you just described and then surgical categories such as clean, clean contaminated, contaminated right. surgeries and dirty surgeries. And yes, you know, elective surgeries should be all clean surgeries. They, they right. should have no uh, bacterial, there should be no presumption yet of bacterial contamination. But you're right. Listen, if you're going into a joint or if you're going into the chest or if you're going into the abdomen for an emergency acute situation, an acute mm -hmm. abdomen, an acute condition with the thorax, then yeah, absolutely. That has to be number one priority. And then certainly, as you described, simple mass removals or other elective procedures, I think that you could, I don't even want to use the term, be a little bit more relaxed, but you can sort of enact, you could start to relax those stringent protocols that you would have for going into the chest or going into a joint or some other body cavity. So... Yeah. And I think the supply chain issue is also interesting. So I will say for those of us who maybe don't understand all of the implications of the president and the secretary of health and human services making a national um, public health disaster declaration um, this week, one of the things, one of the little things in that law that when that declaration is made that changes is that the supply chain can be controlled by the government. And so yeah. the, if those things become critical assets, then the federal government can then begin to control the distribution of them. In addition to having um, access to those that are kept in the strategic national stockpile warehouses. Right. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up. I had heard through certain news outlets that that was already being done in France, I believe in Canada, of course, mm -hmm. China and things like that. So it mm -hmm. is, it does sound like we're, of course, with the declaration yesterday, mm -hmm. it sounds like we're obviously in that direction. The only other thing I just wanted to bring up, and I find that sometimes I have to make sure that we, ex I, I expand beyond the limits of, of just surgical procedures, but even those who are dealing on the 
everyday basis with dogs and cats who, or any pets who have infectious disease. Mm -hmm. Those, I think those situations, you really have to prioritize uh, utilizing fresh surgical masks if you have the availability. If you don't, of course, you have to reuse because that's the only thing you have. But if yeah. you are dealing, if you're doing nebulizer treatments, if you're dealing with a dog who has, let's say, I don't know, coccidiomycosis, which is a valley fever, uh, mm -hmm. um, a fungal disease, and you're treating various dogs and, and, and treating various pets in between, you have to prioritize not contaminating all the patients down the line. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we thought we might play a little game today. I love games. Dr. Campbell. Yes. Be careful um, what you wish for, Dr. Campbell. Uh -oh. <laughs> I don't, what did, I you, like, what did I you say? Like, he said he loves games. Oh, I didn't hear that. I, I like games too, but not when, not when they involve. Uh, I'm very, I'm, I'm very soft spoken, Dr. Jen. So I apologize. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so it's a game we've played before in one of our other Corona COVID-19 uh, podcasts. So I thought it uh, perfectly relevant to do here. It's called, would you rather? Okay. Let's do okay. this. So would you rather do surgery without a cap or without gloves? Oh man, definitely without um, a cap. More, okay, more definitely. Yeah. So you you would go without the cap. Okay. What about? Get warmed up, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank what you. About, thank you. Softball question, right yeah. there. Here we go. What about without a mask or without gloves? Oh, definitely without a mask. I mean, it's okay. tough, man. I just you know sometimes you're as a you know and anybody who's done surgery or have seen surgery or familiar with surgery, you try your best not to speak. I'm not a real big talker in there. I'll have some music, but you do ask for things. So as you're talking and you're asking for things, you gotta you just have to learn different sign language or something like that. And keep it so to yourself. Crazy. There you keep go. The, yeah, keep yeah. it to yourself. Okay. So then we have a couple more. Would you rather, because I'm presuming that you practice in a bit of an ivory tower situation. And so you have on cap, mask, gloves, gown. That's it, right? That's what you have on. I, I don't know if I describe it as ivory tower. I mean, I would just describe it as, uh, you know, correct aseptic technique for surgery. But you're right. Yes, that okay, is. A, yes. Ivory tower. Yeah. Ivory tower. Okay. That's so, a compliment, Dr. Courtney. That's a compliment. Don't it's okay. a compliment. It's a compliment. It. So, so there you are. And so in that situation with your cap, mask, gown, gloves, would you rather do surgery without the gloves or without pants? Oh, my God. Goodness, what makes you think I haven't done surgery without pants before? Oh my god, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. anything is possible, man. Anything's possible. So I would say, no, I would say, I would definitely say, I would definitely say that the gloves, the most literally, that's the oddest question I've ever gotten. That's awesome. would you have Thank a gown on? I have a gown on. And listen, when you look at hospital gowns, right? If you've ever been to hospital, God forbid, when you wear those gowns, I mean, it's pretty free willy in the back end. So yeah, it is uh, definitely. This is a family show, Dr. Uh, Campbell. Yeah, PG-13 <laughs> podcast, exactly. Okay, okay. So, um, so it does seem like the mask is pretty important. Yes. However, yes. as we say, we appreciate you being a good sport and playing, playing our game here uh, on In Other News. That's yeah. your, your game. I would never ask such crazy questions. <laughs> he, is, he is completely disavowing all knowledge of the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I get it. No, yeah, that was great. Surgery and, without pants. Listen, I mean, <laughs> listen, 
the, the of reality, course he's going to do surgery without pants. He's in California. What's going on? That's what we strive for. Listen, I will say this. You know, I've, of course that game is fun. It's, it's, it's whimsical. But these are like these kinds of concerns. Like when you're down and you have a lot, a huge stockpile of supplies, I guarantee you there are people making critical decisions like this on a daily basis. Yeah, those yeah. Except, for the, except for the pants. Those except exactly, for the pants. That's a good point. Probably have been or absolutely yeah. going to be made in the near future. Absolutely. Absolutely. So hopefully we've offered kind of some um, techniques to help you strategize for the day. Number one, you should strategize for the day, right? And then number two, some criteria to, to consider when prioritizing procedures, um, surgical procedures, if you find yourself rationing some of your PPE, your personal protective equipment. So we appreciate that very much. And uh, we want to say thank you very much again for letting us breathe some rare air with the Excellence in Journalism Award winner and boarded surgeon, host of Anything's Possible, Dr. Courtney Campbell. Thanks for joining us. It was an amazing pleasure. Now, thank you both. It's been absolutely incredible. All right. So, folks, uh, tune in next time. Who knows what we'll be talking about, but it may still be COVID-19 or maybe we'll, we'll move on to a new topic. See you next time on In Other News. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.